0: Hey, Outcomes Rocket Nation, Saul Marquez here. Have you heard of SanCiel? That's the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs, and Leaders we've teamed up with them to put together a podcast series for Nurses Month. In this 12-part series, we'll magnify and elevate nurse innovators' expertise as transformation agents who contribute to healthcare reform and improved outcomes. Through interviews with these amazing nurse leaders and innovators, we'll help you connect the dots in a world where nurses are significant leaders recognized for transforming healthcare and society. Visit outcomesrocket.health sansiel to learn more. That's outcomesrocket. Dot health slash sansiel, to learn more. Hey everybody, Saul Marquez with the Outcomes Rocket. Thanks so much for tuning in again today. As part of the Ciel Nursing Series, I have two magnificent nurse leaders with us. First, I've got Roxanne McMurray. She has been a nurse for thirty-five years and practicing anesthesia around thirty. She is the inventor of the McMurray Enhanced Airway and also the co-founder of McMurray Medical Group. McMurray is a retired clinical assistant professor and assistant program director in the nurse anesthesia program in the Graduate School of Nursing at the University of Minnesota, McMurray. I also have on the podcast today Noah Hendler. He is a nurse practitioner, health care technologist and strategist who helped pioneer value-based episodic care models, initiating some of the nation's first bundled payment programs. He served on the front lines in busy urban trauma centers, led clinical informatics, work through post-acute settings, and helped deliver new levels of transparency for both medication reconciliation and adherence Noah is a co-founder of Sancial, and Roxanne is also very involved in the organization. And today, I am just privileged to have both of you on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you both. And so nurses are at the center of everything we do. This campaign has been such an education for me, and I know for the listeners too, over 50% of care provided to everyone is from a nurse. COVID shots are coming from nurses. You guys are so important. And we appreciate and love and value you. So I want to start by saying that. Also, I want to know, what is it that inspires you in this work? So go ahead, let us know what that is.
1: Well, thanks again, Saul. I think it's important to underscore your point that nurses really are the the largest workforce in healthcare. And that's something that is overlooked off and something that has definitely become central to my own work. I entered healthcare as a second career after the death of a good friend. And when, when he died, so did a part of me really. I, I felt a drift and nothing really seemed to mean much. And I'd kind of drifted further away from where I'd begun my career, working directly with people and actually photographing. And I lived in Rwanda and worked with kids who were survivors of the genocide. And, you know, I had some success developing software, but in the wake of my friend's death, I just felt like I needed to contribute in a more direct way. And I didn't really know how to do so. And the most direct contributors I knew were the nurses who touched and tended to my friend. And I realized that I was more like them than anyone else I knew. And I really liked caring for people. You know, at the time, like, my friends and my family, they didn't know why the hell I wanted to become a nurse. They teased me, called me Nurse Falker, you know, after Ben Affek's character and Meet the Parents because he, like me, is this rare breed of male Jewish nurse. So, you know, they couldn't grasp why I wanted to enter the profession, and I was just determined to do so. And I was used to forging my own career path, and ultimately, I enrolled in an accelerated BSM program, became a nurse practitioner. I've helped start and scale healthcare companies, I've built products, I've led innovation, yet way too often I found myself the only nurse in a room filled with people trying to improve healthcare. And, you know, over time, seeing the positive engagement with nurses within this larger context of healthcare innovation really made me committed to making sure more nurses see themselves as belonging at the forefront of healthcare innovation. And uh, today I, I couldn't be more thrilled to be here with Roxanne McMurray, who has created an incredibly innovative product, McMurray Enhanced Airway. And her efforts and her journey as a nurse innovator is really emblematic of the kind of innovation that that all nurses can bring to the table. And what's crucial is that more nurses get a seat at that table, you know, to bring innovations to market. And that's really, I think, important to underscore as we as we engage in, in understanding Roxanne's contribution. So I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, yes. well,
0: welcome, Noah, and thanks for sharing your story. Roxanne, tell us what inspires your work.
2: So, thank you, Saul, for having me, and thank you for the listeners for joining us as well to learn more about how to improve airway management for our patients. And what inspires me is to improve outcomes for patients, uh, along with uh, improving outcomes for the facility and providers as well, and to provide compassionate care. And as a practice, um, advanced practice nurse anesthetist, APRN, we're also known as a certified registered nurse anesthetist or CRNA. And to give you a brief background and what CRNAs do, since we know that we're the best kept secret profession, we practice independently as an anesthesia provider or in tandem with anesthesiologists. And as a CRNA, My vantage point on healthcare comes with great responsibility. My job is to keep patients safe, to keep them alive and comfortable during surgical procedures. And I'm inspired in healthcare by the opportunity to care for patients and to give back. In 2004, I took my first medical missions trip to Lima, Peru, and I went with a team of clinicians and plastic surgeons primarily to fix cleft lip and palates in children. As a nurse anesthetist, my role was to provide anesthesia, and that first trip really had a profound impact on me and the practice, and I participated in several more. On one of these trips, I cared for a young boy with a cleft palate and nearly fully fused lips. Like 75% of his lips were fused, so you can imagine that he could hardly eat and he was malnourished, and the surgeon needed to do a two-step process for this procedure he needed to open up his lips first before we could fix his cleft palate. But because of his anatomy, the traditional airway management options were very, very limited. I had to create a tool to keep the boy comfortable and safe. So taking the boy's airway into consideration, necessity was the mother of invention as I improvised an airway management approach that would work using the limited supplies that I had on hand at this facility in Lima, Peru. And my solution enabled me to open the boy's airway during deep sedation, also known as monitored anesthesia care or MAC. So if you hear me say deep sedation or deep MAC, they're synonymous. And this tool that I created uh, was crafted uh, to supply oxygen closer to his lungs while avoiding a chin lift and jaw thrust, which sometimes we have to do to keep the airway open under deep sedation. And so this tool also allowed me to keep my hands out of the surgical field and reduce oxygen diffusion around that surgical area, which minimized the fire risk. So you can imagine surgeons working in that area around his lips. I'm there trying to keep his airway open, but this tool allowed me not to be so close to the surgeon. And then having cautery for the surgeon, along with oxygen, that is just something waiting um, for disaster to happen. So this tool allowed us to minimize that fire risk. So through that ingenuity, we were able to proceed to that general anesthetic after opening his lips to intubate the patient and then complete that second surgery to close his cleft palate. So it was while helping this Peruvian boy that the idea for the McMurray Enhanced Airway, also known as the MEA, was born. That experience created a better solution for him and helped me understand how I could improve airway management for others too back here in the United States. And I realized how much my colleagues and I were often settling for subpar tools instead of creating better ones to meet the demands of our populations and our practice. So over my career, I've seen the prevalence of complicated airways increasing alongside higher rates of obesity and sleep apnea, yet rather than creating better tools, most routinely we settle for status quo and assemble our own workarounds to keep that airway open Not seeing others take initiative to create a better tool, I leveraged the support of my family, my friends, countless hours outside of my day job and invested my own money to design the McMurray Enhanced Airway or MEA. And this new airway, similar to the one that I created for the Peruvian Boy, supplies oxygen closer to the lungs while avoiding a chin lift or jaw thrust, frees up our hands to tend to other important tasks in the operating room reduces that oxygen diffusion around that surgical area to minimize the fire risk and then also can improve to further simplify positive pressure mass ventilation and breathing for our patients by providing intraoral ventilation.
0: Well, that's a great story and, you know, in those times of need, I mean, you were in this situation in Peru where it was just like you didn't have much to work with, but you had this need and you said there's a way to get it done there's so many examples of nurses doing this but Roxanne you did it in such a way that it wasn't enough right you didn't just want to do it while in peru you came back home and you said we got to do more it's not acceptable to just you know stand here and make our hacks to make things work. And so you paved the way to make this happen. Huge kudos to you for that work. And now all the nurse anesthetists using this can benefit from that.
1: Not just the nurse anesthetists, the emergency service personnel, anesthesiologists. I mean, Roxanne's contribution is really going across multiple domains. And I think you're right, Saul. Like, you know, there's really no other profession that's more aware of the challenges in healthcare than nurses fundamentally just being that largest segment of the healthcare workforce means nurses are on the front line of patient care, and they carry this knowledge that's only gained by that day-to-day responsibility. And in anesthesiology in particular, most of the, correct me if I'm wrong here, Roxanne, but most anesthesia in the U.S. is delivered by nurse anesthetists, correct?
2: Mm-hmm. Especially in the rural communities, yeah. in the underserved areas.
1: So having that kind of really being so so focused on doing so many procedures and being with so many patients and seeing the change in the population, as Roxanne alluded to, in terms of the increasing rates of obesity and you know, the dynamic shifting. Like she, like many other nurses, is incredibly well-positioned to come up with solutions. And she's really forging ahead as a a nurse innovator and making ground for others to follow. I just want to thank her for that too.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. It's fantastic work. And I appreciate how we started today's podcast, just level setting a little bit on what is a CRNA. And there's this conception that, hey, you know, a nurse, there's just this one job and you sit at the bedside, but there's so many different types of nurses Today, we're reviewing CRNAs and the work of innovation that's possible. And so, you know, what do you believe that people need to know that they don't know about the role of nursing and improving outcomes?
1: That's a great question. I think that you alluded to some of it when you were trying to to clarify the extensive role of nursing within healthcare delivery. You can't have an engagement with a delivery system without encountering a nurse. Nurses are pervasive throughout healthcare delivery. You know, there's the Gallup poll that says nurses are the most trusted professionals time and time again. I think that that trust is there in part because of our exposure to people at times of great vulnerability throughout these delivery systems. I think that it really underscores the imperative for nurses to be trusted to not only respond to problems, but to create solutions as well, as Roxanne has done.
2: Yes, I agree with that. We're on every aspect of the care for for the patient. And we deliver the compassionate care to patients. We understand what they're going through. We have the time, the ability to get to know our patients a little bit better than maybe our physician counterpart.
0: Yeah. And it's fantastic the work that's being done. And Roxanne, you mentioned most of the Anesthesia delivered is through nurses. and I didn't know that. I'm wondering if you're listening to this, did you know that? If you didn't, you know, this is awesome. And number one, a career opportunity that maybe you you may consider because it's a different approach to nursing. And number two, thank your nurse in a different way because he or she is probably the one that is the one that delivered the care. So just a great opportunity. And no, I love that you're here because you're a male nurse, you know, and this conception, it's all female nurses. Oh no, there's male nurses doing awesome stuff in the space. And so talk to us about an example of when you saw your your nursing team provide a great solution to a problem.
1: Roxanne, why don't you take that to start with?
2: Uh, well, the problem that I saw with developing the McMurray Enhanced Airway is that the tools that we have to open the airway, the nasal airway, the oral airway are not sufficient enough because they only go to the back of the tongue causing increase in close claims, malpractice suits. And so we're getting creative, trying to figure out, like I did in Peru, to open the airway. And our patients have changed over the last 100 years. And oral airway and the nasal airways was developed in the 1920s. And it's like, we need a better solution because we're having issues with this. We need to uh, lifting the chin and doing a chin lift and jaw thrust to the point that post-operatively, our patients are complaining more of their chin and jaw hurting and even dislocated more so than their surgical incisions. And our hands are being occupied during that process as well. So we need to free up our hands to do other important tasks, but yet we want our patients to breathe. So creating the McMurray Enhanced Airway, the MEA, to open the distal tissue beyond the base of the tongue is needed. It's another tool that we can use because that redundant tissue with the patients that are aging, history of obesity, sleep apnea... And also patients with beards, which are pretty popular with COVID now, is that uh, we need airway tools that can open the airway and also provide ventilation for our patients. Now, this morning I read in a journal article from Anesthesiology News that there was this gentleman who was having a procedure and he was not the most healthiest man who he was in his fifties and he was morbidly obese and he had some airway issues under deep sedation during his procedure, but they were rectified. But when the procedure was over and they turned him back on his back, he wasn't breathing. He was apneic. And they try to ventilate for him and they try to intubate him. And two weeks later, he passed away. You know, and it's like, this shouldn't happen. This is all preventable. We we just need better tools in our toolbox to help people like this.
0: Yeah, Roxanne, great story. And I mean, a hundred years ago, this thing was developed a hundred years ago. Like, give us something better. And I love that you said, I don't have to put up with this. I'm going to put my own money on the line and I'm going to raise funds, get support, And here we are with a tool that's making a difference. You know, this is a a great example.
2: Yeah. And the other thing is that outpatient surgery procedures, are on the rise in the United States and is expected about 144 million in the year of 2023. Procedures are going to be in the outpatient setting, also in ambulatory surgery centers. So we're trying to move procedures out of the hospital, out of the main operating room into procedure centers and outpatient surgery centers. And the reason for that is that it's more attractive, it's more um, cost-effective, more organized as in time efficiency, and the patients don't have to stay overnight. It's a win-win for Cost savings as well and for yeah. the patient.
0: Yeah, what an amazing solution, especially as we do transition to more ambulatory care for the procedures. You know, really around the idea of setbacks, it's something that I feel like we learn a lot from. It'd be great to hear from one of you, really, about a setback you've had and maybe a key learning that came out of it.
1: I think that for me, it was an initial setback I had coming into the profession as a, a later career nurse, someone who had expertise in technology and and business before going into healthcare. I was working as a staff nurse in an emergency department, and I was new to healthcare. I've tried to maintain that perspective throughout my career. But being new to healthcare and being immersed in it in a, a busy emergency department, you know, it was very easy to see a lot of gaps and holes and opportunities for improvement, particularly in the way handoffs were done. And watching the hospitalist team take my, all, all my efforts to package up this patient and, as they're admitted to the emergency department and really lose a lot of sent, sentient and crucial points in this kind of game of telephone that we would play when we'd hand off patients was really frustrating to me. So I prototyped a piece of software to do SBAR handoffs. And then I went to go show that piece of software to the hospitalist team, chief hospitalist and whatnot. And they pretty much dismissed me offhand as like, why are you showing us this like you're just a nurse? And I, they didn't know anything about my previous success or, or what I'd accomplished. And I just was kind of flabbergasted by the being dismissed so out of hand and uh, realized it would take me a little bit longer to get to where I thought things should be within healthcare and you know, that's in part what led me to co-found SunCL and work with an incredible cohort of nurses really internationally to uh, create opportunities for more nurses to be innovative through our hackathons and through all of the SunCL initiatives in partnership with Microsoft and Johnson & Johnson as well. You know, also led me to co-found Nurse Approved, which is the, the first and, and only comprehensive platform for third-party nurse expert evaluation and validation where we certify solutions that nurses consider necessary and trustworthy. And, you know, I really feel like those setbacks help help me ultimately leverage my impact and get more nurses to bring solutions forward like Roxanne, as well as others I've been working with through Johnson & Johnson. We helped them launch a a fellowship for nurse innovation. And I can tell you that, you know, those 12 fellows at Johnson & Johnson are, are doing incredible things, just like Roxanne's, new airway is really forging new ground for airway management. There are so many examples of nurses who are facing problems and really being on the front lines of saying, like, I don't want to settle for the status quo. This can be much better. I think Roxanne should share, you know, some of what her own setback was and, and what led her in, in this direction and how difficult it's been to change management and healthcare and push her solution forward.
0: Thank you, Noah. Yeah. Great share, by the way. I mean, to get that reception, you're just a nurse, I'm sure was very discouraging. And, you know, it was the fire that kind of lit to do the work that you all are are working on. Just uh, very nice to hear. Roxanne, you are going to tell us yours.
2: Yes, and I've had a setback several times, but in 2014, I was uh, awarded a patent for the McMurray Enhanced Stairway, And of course, the patent doesn't mean much unless you do something with it. And as a faculty at the University of Minnesota at the time, I signed my issued patent over to the Office of Commercialization, the OTC department and in hopes that they would help bring it to market the structure. They had, the resources, they had, the money to bring this patent to market and to do something with it. However, after two years, there was little progress and I understood that signing over my patent was not enough. So I had them sign it back to me. And at that time, I really didn't have an idea how to bring the patent to manufacture and to start selling it. But at that same time, Fortuitously, around. My husband was in a golf tournament with this gentleman and shared a golf cart with him. And he is now our co-founder of McMurray Medical. And he has the manufacturing background and has the business knowledge to bring the MEA to fruition. That's
0: amazing. Like got that patent back in your name and all these things are amazing, right? So it sat there for two years and you're like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. Give it back to me. And it just so happened through your husband, find somebody that's in manufacturing and here you guys are in business. I mean, I just love that. That's a phenomenal story. And I really love your persistence, Roxanne, and and making that happen, right? You didn't want to let that fall. You wanted to see it succeed. And so today it's a product available to everyone?
2: Yeah. So in uh, 2016, we formed McMurray Medical and um, started um, manufacturing. And then in August of 2019, we started selling, which was on the up and up until COVID hit. So it sales slowed down a little bit, but sales are still moving upward. And the MEA is now has ongoing sales in 24 states and we're being used throughout major academic medical centers, surgical centers, and emergency medical services. And it's interesting to hear some of the feedback from my colleagues that have used it. And some of the comments are, it's a game changer. It's like, I keep one in my pocket. Why didn't I think about that? So those are the comments that really keep me motivated. And to know that the MEA is a a positive solution to open the airway and another tool that we can put in our toolbox.
0: That's awesome. That is so great. Congratulations on that. I mean, it's just a huge win, a huge win for anybody managing the airway and for nurses in innovation. So I love that you shared that with us today. What are you both most excited about today?
2: I'm excited when I hear the stories of my colleagues around the U.S. and how the MEA has kept their patients breathing and alive. Like a couple of weeks ago, I heard from a colleague in Hilton Head and she said, I went to the ICU, My the patient that I saw, his oxygen saturations were in the 50s. And I knew that we had to intubate him, but I was by myself. So I pulled the MEA out of my pocket. I put it in his mouth. It was easy. It popped his oxygen saturation back up to uh, in the 90s. And they were able to take their time to secure that airway and to intubate that patient. So stories like that get me excited and make it all worthwhile.
1: That's awesome. It is. It's incredible, Roxanne. And I think that, you know, for me, I just am excited when nurses get what they need because we all benefit. We really do. And it's, it's just unfortunately, far too often still that nurses aren't getting what they need. As we've all discussed already during this podcast, I mean, the nurses are the largest global healthcare workforce and the backbone of healthcare systems and, and is really worldwide. And so having the opportunity to, to purpose build, you know, to discern, to test, support, promote quality healthcare innovations from those who are on the front lines of healthcare is, is really something that, that's mutually beneficial and that needs to happen more often. I'm excited by all the things I know that are in the pipeline from the privileged position I'm in by knowing so many um, nurse innovators. Patient gowns are being redesigned by one of the, the J&J fellows. We have there's a, a nurse-led company that came out of one of CL, one of, CL, uh, some of CL's hackathons that's made a, a new kind of flashlight that nurses can wear when they enter a patient rooms so they don't disrupt patients during the night, which is quite remarkable because half the nursing work first works at night. And yet no one had ever given them a flashlight before. I think that kind of tells you how low the bar is for some, some innovation, let alone the high bar that you know Roxanne has, has reached for by creating a new methodology that really improves airway management for incredibly vulnerable population and increasing cross-section of the population at that. So there's a, a lot that nurses can contribute, and I'm excited they're getting to contribute more and more. Often.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. The opportunities are endless, and the call to action is to recognize, everybody listening, recognize that nurse innovation is game-changing. Uh, And if this series hasn't taught you that, definitely go re-listen because there's tons of great value. And today we've got Roxanne and Noah telling us even more examples about how we could listen to nurses in the innovation process, in the, the writing of protocols, you name it. There's an opportunity to get better. And if you so happen to be dealing with pharyngeal tissue beyond the tongue, Uh, (laughs) there is the McMurray enhanced airway, those pesky airways. Don't have to bother you, thanks to Roxanne and her persistence. So, we're getting to the end here. I've had so much fun. This has been so interesting. Give us a closing thought. I'd love to hear one from both of you. And then, the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you and learn more, obviously outside of the San Ciel, which everybody knows where to go, they'll find you there. But outside of that, where can they learn from you?
2: Yeah, my closing thoughts are as outpatient procedures increase in number. So is back and deep sedation anesthesia. And we really need airway management tools in our disposable back carts and in our bags to keep that airway open at a moment's notice and to keep our patients breathing. And along with EMS and first responders that also do airway management and have a harder time for mass ventilation, which is actually more challenging than intubation. The MEA is also handy for that as well, providing intraoral ventilation. And we need to keep our patients breathing and we need to address the gap in airway management. So I invite you to go to mcmurraymed.com, our website, or also um, contact me, Roxanne McMurray, on LinkedIn to find out more information about McMurray Enhanced Airway and how we can keep them breathing.
1: Love it. Thank you,
0: Roxanne. Noah, I
1: think that it's valuable to, to reflect on how nurses really are the most trusted professionals for more than two decades, and that the opinions of nurses on products they choose for patient care is at the center of healthcare innovation, you know, let alone the ones they create, like Roxanne and her incredible airway and all the benefits that can accrue from it. People can find out more about me and about Nurse Approved at nurseapproved.health where, you know, we're really focused on accelerating valuable connections between these kind of high impact patient solutions and the nurses who drive healthcare transformation. Awesome. Yeah.
2: And I'm grateful for Noah, for Sancial, and for Nurse Approved for being nurses that are allies and helping to move innovation forward. I'm grateful for them and to have that sisterhood and that brotherhood just uh, come alongside you and to help you with your innovation.
0: Yeah. Great call out, Roxanne. Just a recognition to all the amazing people and organizations pushing forward. And I thank both of you, Roxanne and Noah, for spending time with us today. Keep doing what you're doing. We really appreciate you. Thanks
1: so much, Saul. To you too. So we love the podcast.
2: Thank you, Saul, so for this time.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the San Ciel Nurse Leadership Series. For the show notes and to learn more about how you could have nurses join your mission, visit us at outcomesrocket.health slash San Ciel. That's outcomesrocket.health slash San